Coming up on today's edition of Locked On Eagles, it's that time of year. It's time for the My Guys episode. Coming up next, right here on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in, Eagles fans, to a Tuesday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside Gino Camilleri. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, Monday through Friday, on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Gino, as I mentioned, today is the My Guys edition of the show. We do this every year before the NFL draft, which, crazy enough, is a little over three weeks. Or what? Or under three weeks Under three now? weeks. Under yes. three weeks. Yeah. I can't believe it's coming up this fast. And I think most like draft nerds understand what my guys are, but why don't you explain for the newer audience, if they haven't heard our past my guys podcast, what that means. So this isn't a thing that is just with fans as well. There are right. scouts in buildings that will put a star next to a guy yeah. where they'll pound the table. If it's exactly. prospect A versus prospect B, I'm going to take my guy and I'm going to go to bat for him. And that's kind of what we've done over the last couple of years. I think the most famous my guy is not J.J. Whiteside, Devontae Smith. I was on him I was for say, that's three there, years. <laughs> yeah, J.J. was up there. But Devontae Smith, sometimes it works out. And other times with J.J., Arthaga Whiteside, it doesn't work out. But the Eagles, right. sometimes they do go and draft those my guys. I had Teron Jackson on that mm-hmm. list a couple of years ago. They go and add him. So it Always adds that little bit Have extra. Taking a Lou DiBiase, my guy. I don't think so. Last year was like Christian Watson. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember the first year we did the podcast. It was the North Dakota State running back Bruce Anderson. Oh, you yeah. know, uh, Kando last year from Florida Jonathan State. Kando, yep. So there's been yeah, there's been a ton of them. As Gino said, it's just the guys that you're all in on. You're pounding the table for. If you mm-hmm. were that scout in the draft room, you know the gold star. This is your player that you want. You're all in on your team getting. So pretty self-explanatory. But, you know, I think people just throw around, oh, he's a my guy. And people are like, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, Gino, this year, I don't know if you agree. I feel like it's a little bit, not at every position, like the cornerback position, I think is way stronger. But I think it's an overall weaker class. And I don't know if it's because the Eagles are already Super Bowl contenders. And when you have an elite quarterback, things tend to, I think, relax at least when like it comes to urgency of the rest mm-hmm. of the roster, at least for me, like when it comes to like panic mode. So I don't know if it's a combination of all of that, but I just, I don't have as many, my guys this year that I'm like super passionate about. Well, l- let's just take one of the positions that I love, for example, safety. Yeah. Some years I'm just obsessed with the class that they right. have. And this year in particular, even Daniel Jeremiah said it, it's a, it's a paper thing group. There's, There's like four guys. And after that, you know, I'm like, I'd wait till round four. Skip exactly. Four. Yeah. You're, you're really going for one or two traits at that point, rather than right, that right. complete package type of player. The like wide receiver is like that too, Gino. I don't think there's a slam dunk wide receiver one. I mean, there's some guys that I like for certain reasons, but mm-hmm. even the receiver class this year is the weakest it's been, I think in years. Yeah, and there's a couple positions where it's evident who the top guys are. I mean, you look at Edge, and regardless of what people say about Will Anderson, he is the guy. I mean, he's not maybe he's not a generational talent, but he's easily the best edge rusher in this class. Jalen Carter, if you take away anything that happened off the field simply on tape, the guy's a top two pick all day long. 
And you have to go into these drafts, and that's what these area scouts and these NFS scouts who go a year in advance, the Blesto scouts, the same thing, that's where they make their money. And it was actually pretty cool because I know one of the scouts that he was on ESPN last year for the Jets when they selected one of the guys later in the class, and he got to actually call on ESPN and they put it out. And this is what we love, Lou finding those diamonds in the rough, the guy that can come onto this roster, be a depth piece for you. And eventually down the line, maybe he's a TJ Edwards for you. Then he's a starter in a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Let's start, Gino, with our offensive, my guys. And I think I have more, at least on defense, and maybe again, because it's coming from an Eagles perspective, I think there are more needs both in the short term and the long term on the defensive side of the football. The Eagles have a lot of young elite talent on offense. Mm-hmm. But there is one guy that I just think would make so much sense for Jeff Stoutland. Saw him at the Senior Bowl, was incredible. He's extremely versatile, super mature, confident player. And he's at a state and a college the Eagles are familiar with. It's North Dakota State offensive lineman Cody Mock. I think this guy is an option at 30 that we haven't really talked about where he can play every position, Gino. I think he could play center, he can play guard, he can play tackle. This would be the perfect player that if you need a starting right guard right now and you want Cam Jurgens to focus on center, there you go. If Lane Johnson gets hurt, he can slide over to right tackle. He's just a Swiss Army knife that I think the Eagles would love to get their hands on. I think they really want to find their next Halapuli Vadi Vaitai. And what do yes. I mean by that? And it's exactly what you just said. Not only can he be a player that plays at right guard for you maybe right away, but he can also be a swing tackle for you where you kill two birds with one stone. My guy on the offensive line, I went with Steve Avila out of uh, TCU. Not as versatile, but he's just a motor when it comes to run blocking. And you talk about just wanting to run the ball through the right side. Questions with his pass pro, but I don't really even care at that point. When you have Jeff Stoutland, you can mold this guy out of clay. He's that physical. You can't teach the will and the want to – injure a guy every single play legally like Steve Avila has. And Cody Mock, you talk about that ball of clay, Lou, where he could really be anything for you. I'm with you, man. Draft a guy that can play both sides. He could play the guard. He could play tackle. He's played up and down the line. And that's why the idea of potentially Peter Skronsky in the first round is intriguing to me because he has the upside to play tackle, but right away you can go and put him at guard. Could Mock start for you if you – not even at 30. Let's say he's there at 62 for you, Lou, and you take Yeah, him. I think he from day one, Gino. Yeah, he could battle at that right guard position without a doubt, in my opinion. I really like that one, Lou. I think the offensive linemen were the position that – and again, because there's some you know needs with the Eagles long-term mm-hmm. and right tackle, who's going to replace Lane Johnson? You lose Isaac Samalu in for agency. He signs with the Steelers. Again, we're confident Cam Jurgens could play right guard this mm-hmm. year if he needs to, but we know – within a year or two, he's going to be moved right over to center. So that's a gaping hole immediately. And you mentioned the more urgency at right guard. I think it was last week where you didn't want to go back to this guard by committee. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a position that you should not overlook, you know, having that strength there. So I think the lineman is where the focus is. Are there any skill position players that you're, and again, maybe again, removing the Eagles perspective here, my guy at the skill positions. 
Yeah, the Avila one wasn't as much for the Eagles as it was. Yeah. Just I, I love seeing these guys that are just for sure. pure run blockers right away. Like you look at Quinn Miners, who played out of Wisconsin Whitewater, ends up being the third-round pick for the Denver Bronco. And what did he make his money on? Everybody saw him at the Senior Bowl, lifting up his beer keg yeah. belly, knocking over trees, just wanting to push a guy from A to B. And I look at skill position, Lou, and this is kind of pick your flavor, right? Like what do you enjoy in this class? So I kind of went up and down the spectrum when it comes to body sizes, when it comes to what they do. I went at running back, Zach Charbonnet. I Mm -hmm. really like what Zach Charbonnet could do. And this one, I I could see him playing in Philadelphia. One place I wouldn't want to see him playing, and luckily they probably won't invest that back, is San Francisco. He's an inside zone, one foot in the ground, gets upfield. You talk about scheming a run game. This guy is that exact player that without a Miles Sanders who could be that decisive one-cut runner, is Kenny Gainwell going to be that for you all of the time? Or is it going to be Rashad Penny? But at the same time, Charbonnet is younger. You could get him on a cost-controlled deal. And if you don't like taking guys in the first round at running back, potentially he could be a second or third rounder guy. But I saw Charbonnet live this year, UCLA versus Colorado, and just hitting his assignment, his vision, And he's so big and taking him down in the open field is tough. And speaking of taking a guy down in the open field, that would be difficult. One of two ways. I went Nathaniel Dell, the wide receiver out of Houston. He would be a perfect complement to what you have with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And then if you want an absolute specimen, Sam Laporta, the tight end out of Iowa, man. Like, give me either of those two completely different ranges. Yeah. One's 50, 82, five foot eight. The other one's 60, 62, six foot six. That's why I had Darnell it's Washington. Crazy. You know, from yeah, Darnell is another those, one, Lou. Those tight ends that are six, five plus. I think Washington's what, six, seven? Yeah, I mean, six, he, seven, dude. he's an absolute tower of a human. And you see his highlight reel is really fun. And you see him hurtling linebackers consistently. To have a guy that big, but that oh, athletic. Yeah, that's all you got to watch. With yeah. Him. Yeah, right. We'll just watch week one against Oregon. I mean, he is a specimen, and I, I love those kind of players that mm-hmm. even if they're more raw and sometimes like Jordan Maialata didn't know how to play football at all, I will always understand the logic of just get me that player in there, get me that kind of body type, and I'll figure the rest out. So I think we both had a couple tight ends. I think that's why I like Jonathan Mingo, too, from Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Probably more of a second, late second, third round selection. Saw some comparisons to just because of he went to Ole Miss. I saw A.J. Brown. I don't see that. I actually see a little prime Alshon Jeffrey when it comes to the size, physicality, not blazing speed, but he does have athleticism for a kid that size. I would like that as well in like the later day two stage. And that's where you're going to find these guys. And yeah, I I believe it was either Dane Brugler. No, it was Jim Nagy that said it, that Mm -hmm. the NFL doesn't really see this receiver class as many in the media do that. There's only really one first round guy. Right. And that being Jackson Smith and Jigba say what you want about Quentin Johnson. He's not everybody's cup of tea. But then you get scarred from TC. Yeah, I know it's not the right way to do it. And I'm not going to do the whole Pac-12 thing, but I'm kind of doing it a little. There will be a team that takes (laughs) them, but the Eagles don't need that. But when you talk about these role players where that's why I love Dell, it's like, could you see him coming in and playing right away in a role that the Eagles don't have? They don't have that guy. I mean, you got Britton Covey, right? But he's more of a true return specialist for you. Dell is a blazer. You talk about opening up the field. And what he could do at that size in the open field, the yards after the catch, 
I mean, he could take away Quez Watkins snaps in the blink of an eye, he in was, my opinion. Yeah, he was one of the few fun watches, Gino, down at the Senior Bowl, at least when it comes to the skill positions. I wasn't mm. overly wowed when I was down there. The one guy, it's obvious, is Tajay Spears, the two-lane running back. Oh, I just cool. didn't want to start with him because it's you know very trendy right now. Because you watch Spears, and how can you not fall in love mm-hmm. with that explosiveness, that kind of wiggle? So I took him in some... my mock yesterday. Oh, yeah. Did you? Yes, sir. I-, I felt a little cheap when I saw him available a little later on in the rounds. I'm like, I'll, I'll hold off. But yeah, Tajay Spears, a-, a total my guy, I think, for a lot of people, especially fantasy mm-hmm. football players at that position. So not as many in the past. On the offensive side of the ball, might have to do with the Eagles and what they already have. But uh, at the same time, I think it is maybe a little bit of a weaker class at some of these spots. Not the offensive line, though. You know, I, I like the talent that Philly could bring in. Oh, but my yeah. guys, I think that there's more of a, a bigger number. I think it's on the defensive side of the football. So we'll get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And guys, today's episode is presented by FanDuel. Gino, tell yes, us about sir. FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one sports book here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Not just that, but it's the official sports book of the entire network and LOE. And on top of that, it's the number one sports book in all of America. I mean, for goodness sake, who else has Kay Adams hooked up on their network? Not only that, they have the sports book, which everybody loves. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel. And right now, New customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to one, not 100, $1,000, one zero zero zero. It is truly crazy. And all you got to do, grab your phone, download the app or go to FanDuel.com slash lineup slash lockdown, rather sign up, place your first bet and get up to $1,000 in bonus bets if you don't win. So what does that mean? If you bet 50 bucks and you lose, you get $50 in bonus bets all the way up to $1,000. If you're a Yankee fan like me and you're betting on Aaron Judge to hit homers, you're, of course, going to cash in. Right now, Champions League action going on as well. You could bet on literally anything over at FanDuel, and you could get your first no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. All right, Eagles fans, we're continuing on this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast. It's the My Guys edition of the show. Who are the prospects that Gino and I are pounding the table for? Segment one, we talked a lot of offense. Let's get into defense now. At least for me, I'm a little more passionate about the defensive side of the Mm. football in this class. And I think it is because there's some more talent that I like at the cornerback position, especially man. Like we, we talked about how it might be a little weaker of a class overall at certain positions, not at corner. I think this is the deepest it's been, you know, in a while, of course, the last few years, you got sauce Gardner and certain and horn, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like eventually it, it was pretty thin this year. There's guys I like pretty much throughout the entire class. Yeah. I, I kind of went cheap at, at, the cornerback position. I think it's the easiest. You have to know that's the ultimate. The I mean, that's the ultimate Gino. My guy, it's a corner and he went to Oregon. Come on. And he's unbelievably tall, and he's great. long athletic, and he right. picks the ball off and he's a boundary yeah. corner and he matches what I don't think it's cheap. Do. This is just made for you. This is a Gino, my guy. And it's pure he's the guy. And yeah. there are plenty up and down the list, but I mean, if you're going to sculpt a guy out of clay for what I want, at my right. boundary corner position, what school he went to, seeing the big-time matchups that he went against. I mean, you're looking at all of the big-time names, the Jordan Addisons of the world that are coming out of USC. I mean, he's played those guys. He played at Colorado before that. Pac-12 has some good receivers. As much as people in Philadelphia might be biased against it, 
stay up late and you'll see some good action. Christian Gonzalez, man, whatever team gets yeah. him and Lou, I have a feeling, especially with that Jeff Okuda move today from Detroit, that might be the pick for them. Like they might've just shown their hand right there. And I yeah. mean, if they have a way they might go and do it with that. Devin Witherspoon for me is yeah. such a fun watch too. And it, again, like you said, it feels obvious naming the top two corners, but you look at his tape and I see a lot of a guy that I was obsessed with a few years ago, Asante Samuel Jr. I mean, this dude, like in coverage, a little undersized, but his flip of the hips, that like explosiveness, how he can get from zero to a hundred miles an hour that fast and stay mm -hmm. with receivers is impressive. And for a corner that undersized man, he looks like he likes to hit. I mean, he has an intensity coming downhill that I think would be awesome for the Eagles at 10 overall. Um, Gino, I, I think too, like Joey Porter Jr. is fun because he's kind of like that ball of clay. We talked on the offensive side of the football. At, at corner, he's a little more raw than Witherspoon and Gonzalez, but I mean, we see that kind of length with athleticism. That's it's definitely fun as well. That's why looking at DBs is always fun because you find yeah. those guys that's like, what? How are his arms that long? And like Tariq teams, Woolen last year, how do you not fall in love exactly. with that? And then look at what he got in Seattle. Yeah, I mean that's really what happens sometimes like you walk into a building for example at, at cgs this year we had jordan riley he's six foot yeah almost seven 340 pounds and you're just standing there and even scouts are like who's that guy right and teams that it's it's a football world right and there's football guys that say that's when the, you know the, someone's the, got traits is when you say who is that guy and you that's exactly what i said about woolen at the senior bowl right I had no idea who he was. I'm like, exactly. You see his arms and you see how fast he runs and you see how <laughs> yeah. tall he is. You're like, what is going on here? Like, That's this quarter, man. Make sense. Again, he's a little riskier and he's going to fall within, I would say, pick, I don't know, 13 to 18 in that range. Mm -hmm. But man, it, the, the traits, you can see it for sure. Yeah. I mean, teams definitely will fall in love with that. And is he as refined and polished as the two guys that we mentioned? I wouldn't no. say so, but you got to measure upside versus what their floor is right now. Right. And that's one of the things that teams will continue to talk about. And the Eagles, they've kind of found that good middle ground loop where they do go on production, but at the same time, like, What's the ceiling on Devontae Smith? Has he hit his ceiling yet? Because in my yeah. opinion, he's only going to I get don't think better. So. Right. Is there a corner after the big three that you're in on? I like the kid out of A&M, man. Like you, you talk about um, just the ability to be – you tweeted about him yesterday. Why oh, Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah, Forbes, dude. Like you talk about speed and athleticism. Yeah. I don't care how much he weighs, man. Like you're you're a top level athlete. I we'll said yesterday it's the Devontae Smith the of cornerbacks where right. it's a slim reaper. And I know this guy's got to be more physical and make tackles, but Gino, I mean, you look at that kind of length and athleticism, he's skinny as heck, but and he did it in the man, SEC, man. Like, what sticky. makes you think he can't do it in the NFL? That's the thing. Like, he's going up against big size wide receivers that are constantly yeah. getting drafted. What makes you think he can't do that His against instincts, those guys that are just already there? Uh, he's so fluid and change of direction. And there was a play that I watched where they threw a back shoulder on him and he, it was almost like he was the wide receiver, Gino. He reacted mm. perfectly and made the back shoulder interception. You see that kind of guy. And with the Eagles, I'm like, he's not going to have to start right away. He can bulk up. He can watch behind Darius mm -hmm. Slay and James. Still Bradbury. be a sub package guy. For sure. I'm perfectly fine with Emmanuel Forbes at 30. Right. If you don't, if you get your defensive end, or you yeah. get your interior defensive tackle, or let's right. say you fall in you love with like one of those offenses. Like Cancy or Nolan lines. Smith earlier, yeah. 
Right. And you're saying, okay, we're going to get the best of the second group there. And you talk about maybe Williams from Syracuse is your cup of tea. And yeah. I know I've used that phrase a lot, there's but Deontay that's banks and yeah, uh, Deontay Smith there's one of those South Maryland Carolina. guys. I think one of the Maryland corners yeah. would be a, a home run as well. And they match everything how he wants. And I think when he said that quote, when he wrote down the three traits rather after the one draft, can they yeah. run? I think it was exactly talking about the cornerback position because Years prior with Sidney Jones or Rasul Douglas, they get two guys that are four seven cornerbacks. Well, Jalen Mills too. Yeah, Jalen Mills, and these guys can't run. And you talk about some maybe long speed concerns with Devin Witherspoon. Well, I don't care if he can jam and he's up at the line of scrimmage and he's that shifty. And that's what I I take with Forbes. Like, yeah, you're going to allow some stuff up front, but you hope the linebackers could catch that spill. Darius Slam, Bradbury, who who are good tackling, can help out there as well. But deep. You know Forbes is going to cover you. How do you shadow Nathaniel Dell? You go and put Manuel Forbes on him, right? And yeah, in this divi- in this conference, Lou, there's some pretty pretty shifty receivers that would be mm-hmm. good for Emmanuel Forbes to get his hands. Completely on. agree. Uh, any my guys at some other spots? How about up front? Yeah, I think when you go to the interior of the defensive line, Lou, it's easy for me to fall in love with. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his first name, but Edebaware out of Yes. Uh, Northwestern and Lou, when you look at this guy and you know, he could play three tech play five tech. There was a guy that was one of my guys a couple years ago who ended up dropping to the fifth round, got taken by Houston and ended up playing for San Fran this past year. Do you know who that guy we is? We both love this guy, Charles, Charles Amenahue, right? Yeah. And you look at Adebaware and it's like, it's a good comp he, for him. He's yeah. 282 has length for days. He's Rocked up, man! Like he ran a four four nine at the combine. Yeah, he was a freak athlete. I mean, oh man, he was not that good of an athlete, but still, like you, you talk about what you want your guy to do. I want a guy that can play inside, play outside. How do you get two positions with one? You take this guy, and the Eagles love this style of player, especially if you're going more of these odd fronts where he might play a four tech position that's kind of between the tackle and the guard or shading the the tackle a little bit where he can hold the edge, but at the same time, he has that freak athleticism to where he can get after the passer. And he played at Northwestern. Imagine great coaching when he comes to Philadelphia and how good he could be with inside that frame and build that he has. Yeah. I have a, my guy in that second tier of edge rushers too. I really like Felix and new Dyke Zoma. I knew you were going to say Kansas state violent edge rusher that kind of gives me some Yannick and Gakwe vibes, you know? And I I think that's a player that, if you move down from 30, I, I think he'd I'd be comfortable with him to 30. Or if you're trying to get that edge rusher, maybe in the second round, like let's say you go offensive line and then you take a corner on day one, then that edge rusher on day two, I think it's two of the guys that we mentioned that those are the players in that range. Mm-hmm. Maybe you move up a little bit, but it's 62 that you can add as that fourth edge rusher behind Josh Sweat, Hassan Riddick, and Brandon Graham. That's the cool thing, Gino, is a lot of these players we're talking about, they're a little more raw, but when you're coming into Philadelphia, like you're not going to need these players right away to be the guy at these Mm. positions. Yeah. And you kind of went a little more Eagle centric, but uh, I think with these guys and every year, our, my, my guys tend to migrate towards what the needs of the Philadelphia Eagles are. I mean, yeah, when you're, cause we're prepping with an Eagles lens. Right. Yeah, of course we are. Like I'm not watching quarterbacks that much. No, I mean Jake Hayner. I, I have to say his name at least one that time. That is definitely but a Gino, my guy. I can't believe you. The didn't ultimate mention. my guy. I know oh, that's yeah. why I brought up quarterback. No. I thought you were going to throw Good. out a name, but Jake Hayner is my number. Damn, one. Damn, I missed and, that one right over my head. Yeah, <laughs> and linebacker. 
I don't really have one that would fit in Philadelphia. I I still love yeah. Noah Sewell. I see him going to New England and just being like their next Kyle Van Noy, like just get downhill, sure. plug gaps, and and just fill as as a linebacker who has explosiveness and can work in those short areas. But right. man, there when you look at this class, Lou, I love that the Eagles have those top picks. But man, would I love to have like three or four fifth round picks this year where it's like that guy's traits are just like I think they're popping out at me. Right I think now. you're gonna see a trade down with one of those picks and you'll see them collect some extra selections. There's no you're way to, to me they have a third round pick and then they don't do anything till round seven. I don't know. I just no way. I, I can't imagine it. How uh, do you know chew through everybody's oh, yeah. fingernails at that oh, point? Oh, right. <laughs> he'll he'll press. All right. We will get into coming up next to wrap up the show. Maybe a prospect or two that we're out on that are not Lou and Gino, my guys. So that's coming up next right here on this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles, which is presented by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk about this mobile game app, and it's been so much fun playing throughout the year and in the offseason. If you think you'd make a good GM, you got to give this game a try. It's not as easy as you might think to create a dynasty. When you play Ultimate Football GM, you get to control and manage every strategic aspect of your team as you play through seasons and lead your team to glory, trying to build a historic dynasty. With Ultimate Football GM, you're responsible for pretty much everything, controlling the destiny of your franchise by hiring the right coaches and coordinators, managing all the finances, including negotiating player salaries, navigating your franchise through free agency, the draft, injuries, player personnel issues, all the ups and downs of a season, all in this challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Football GM is completely free, and it's also playable offline, so play on the go as you want and when you want to. Locked on Eagles listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's LOCKEDON, so make sure to check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the App Store. That's ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles, the My Guys edition of the podcast. But Gino, now we'll wrap up maybe with, I don't know, I, I, especially you because I think you, you're you a scout. So I think you like to look at what a player can do versus what a player cannot. But is there mm. a player that definitely isn't a My Guy for you and you want the Eagles to avoid, whether it's like an early round prospect or somebody later on? Is there any guy that you're kind of out on? So who I want the Eagles to avoid. Let me come back to that one. But I'll tell you right away, like, miss me with yeah. Will Levis. I, I don't know <laughs> what people see. That's like, fair. I, I was wrong with Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. And yeah. I'll eat all the crow on that. I just don't see it with Levis, man. Like, outside of the arm, yeah. like, what what does he have? I mean, he, he doesn't have big time outings. Like, I don't think the processing is there. He doesn't mm-hmm. come off of his first read. and Doesn't feel he, pressure. He kind of gives me bad Carson Wentz vibes. Very, very bad Carson like, Wentz. Like, the issues of Wentz, not saying he's going to end up like 2020 Carson, but the same issues that bad Wentz has, that, you know, that's Levis at times. Right. Like, are, are you going to take the chance of going with Anthony yeah. Richardson or oh, definitely or CJ Richardson. Stroud or Bryce yeah. Young? No, Levis will be the fourth quarterback will... off the board for sure. Hendon Hooker, man, the talk is there. Like, Pete, yeah, but see, like my, I do I get know. why you take a risk on Levis over Hooker because obviously Levis is I get completely that. wrong. That I do but get. yeah, because the size, the, the arm strength, the mobility. It is all there, but you're right. There is a long way to go. This is a player mm. to me that should not be starting right away day one. But yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Will Levis of the top four 
is clearly the fourth quarterback. And I think you will see that on draft night that he goes behind Stroud, Young, mm-hmm. Richardson, and yeah, those top three. Uh, Gino, I'm not in on Lucas Van Ness. I don't know if this was an obvious one, okay. but I think at 10 overall, just a little too rich for me. I think outside of a bull rush, he just does not have a lot of pass rush moves, at least that I saw. I like his versatility that he can play both the tackle spot and edge, but I keep thinking, I'm like, I don't know if he's what I want on the edge full time. And I don't know if he's what I want at tackle full time. Mm. I think he's a good role player, but it's kind of like a tweener linebacker safety. Like, I don't know if this guy's fast enough to be a safety, but he's not big enough to be a linebacker. I just don't know if that's worth like a top 15 selection, even if you were to move down. Yeah. With him, it's kind of like the same mentality of Adebaware, but do yeah. you have a higher but ceiling you have to take on him it? so much higher? Right, you're gonna have to take him one higher, and two. Yeah, does he have that seal like that right. ceiling? Like I got a bow. Well, probably have a higher ceiling. Him. Yeah, a hundred percent with that athleticism. I I fully yeah. believe that, Lou. And you look at Van Ness. It's like, is that capped? Right, like is he fully yeah. gro- filled out into his frame? Which he looks pretty close, man. Like he is bulked yeah. out. Is he? anything other than a bull rusher. And I read a great quote the other day. It was in one of those either ESPN or athletic articles where they talked to a scout anonymous anonymously. And they mm. said, be weary of bull rushes because you're not going to bull rush over 340 pound tackles <laughs> yeah. in the national football. League, right, you're not going right? to bull rush Jordan Mailata. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to bull rush Lane Johnson Lane or Jordan Mailata unless your name is Aaron yeah. Donald. Right. Or right. You, you can get up in with this leverage. And I'm with you there. It's like, the idea of would you take him where Kansas City took George Karloftis? Like, right, I don't I hate that's him. More reasonable. Yes, if he fell to thirty, okay, then like I'm okay Trey, with you grab him for sure. Yeah, the reason I'm out on Lucas Van Ness is the ADP of where his average draft position is being projected right now, mm. and it's that ceiling. Because again, if you're going to take yep. a player like that at ten, I really like his versatility, Gino. But again, the versatility almost is alarming to me because I don't know if he can play either spot full-time on all three downs. All right, Eagles fans, that's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of Lockdown Eagles. Thanks so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day on all podcast platforms and on YouTube as well. Make sure your second listen is the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take through take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. You can find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get Locked On Eagles. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.